the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann. From the front page of the Daily Dispatch today, local fearless empowering you on Thursday the 18th of November. Farku quits as MP as BCM mayoral rumours grow. ANC MP and regional leader Princess Farku has announced her resignation from the National Assembly effective from Friday. She is in the running for the position of Executive Mayor of Buffalo City Metro. Also off the front page, businessman and taxi driver clash in road rage drama on East London Highway. A road accident involving a businessman and a taxi driver on East London's Northeast Expressway turned violent yesterday. The taxi driver allegedly snatched the keys of the businessman's car and the businessman allegedly smashed the taxi's windscreen with a hammer. Main story, however, on the front page, it's one that's not going to go away. Wave of fury rises against ocean blasting. Eastern Cape Fury over Shell's November seismic blasting of the wild coast and off Kabecha is ringing in ears around the world. By 4 p.m. yesterday, a staggering 110,000 people had signed a petition calling on forestry, fisheries and environmental minister Barbara Creasy to withdraw Shell's environmental authorization. For more on these and other stories, visit dispatchlive.co.za. Enter the Daily Dispatch Winner Car Competition and you could drive away in the new seven-seater Suzuki Ortega 1.5 GA. The competition closes on the 21st of November 2021 and an entry form is printed in the Daily Dispatch every day. The more you enter, the luckier you get. Get your copy of the Daily Dispatch and enter now. Winner Car, proudly brought to you by Daily Dispatch and Ronnie's Motors. It's the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann and we return today to a topic previously covered but which is gathering passionate opposition from not just environmentalists but civil society worldwide. Seismic blasting in search of gas or oil deposits in the wild coast by multinational corporation Shell and its partners. Daily Dispatch reporter Mike Lowe has been all over this one, so we start with a few words from Mike to give us background and context. Thanks for joining us, Mike. This application originally went in in 2013. Why are we scrambling now? I think the the, the answer to this is that Shell suddenly came into the picture in about 2018, uh, if not not even sooner, and that suddenly gave impetus. Um, Really, the biggest if not one of the biggest players in, in, the, in the industry, has suddenly uh, got in on the game. And that's why I think we've just suddenly had this like email popping up uh, from one or two people who had registered in the 2013 process as interested in affected parties. And it popped up a few months ago to say, hey, well, it's almost done now. Thanks, uh, we're on our way. And the next thing, you know, two weeks ago, there's this tiny little notification of the uh, commencement of the 3D survey. And that, I think, is, is, is what's going on in the background. Your reading of it, has the law been followed? You know, this is something that everyone wants to know. Uh, the, the, obviously, the Shell and their uh, environmental practitioners, uh, SLR, are trying to tell us that it's all legal, it's all fine. But lawyers have actually pulled through the whole thing. They've picked the dug out the authorization. And they're all, I think, uh, well, today, I think the ministers are getting letters pointing out uh, a lot of uh, flaws and problems that the lawyers have found. And if that doesn't go well, then I think we're headed to court for a good thrashing out of what actually happened. The real, the real issue at stake here is, is the question of public participation. And I think as, uh, as, as Janet Solomon of uh, Oceans Not Oil has pointed out, 
what we're seeing today, the public response, that is real public participation. And so that's where we, we really need to go with this process. So there's a lot of gray areas we don't know. More and more organizations are flocking to the cause. I see in your article today, there's a photograph of internationally known Louis Pugh. He's added his weight to the opposition. There are also a number of musicians we'll be catching up with later who are joining the cause. Yeah, I think I think uh, the petition was uh, particularly, I think it was quite well written. That it, it was someone we don't even know who grabbed hold of the reports and, and, and oil, uh, oceans not oil stuff and put this quite a powerful petition together and that... I think is what's driving a lot of people, and there will be, um, I think in the in the days to come, there will be celebs coming through, particularly people like surfers. I know that surfers in East London are, are desperately keen to get hold of people like Kelly Slater, Geordie Smith, and so on. And I won't be surprised if they don't uh, sign the petition and make a point that they are signing it. Even someone like John John Florence, who has all these people, Color um, Smith, they've all surfed the wild coast, they know I know what's at stake. So they are just one small segment and there are many other interest groups where I'm sure uh, world leaders will, or celebrities or you know, people of, of, of stature will start coming through. I certainly hope you're right, Mike. Can you give our listeners an idea of what seismic blasting entails? Basically, they're going to be guns pointing into the ocean and firing every 10 seconds. So these, these survey vessels are enormous, enormous ship. They have long cables stretching out and uh, and at the end of these cables they carry what called what are, what is called an array which is like basically a box in my mind containing up to 12 air guns and this long line of dots which the, sh- the ship trails behind it every 10 seconds pushes out this enormous sound and you know, it's an air gun explosion they all work together and they make this almighty noise uh, sending these pulses right down through the ocean and many kilometers into the seabed and and the bounce back of that sound is how they uh, pick up the information what's below and then they build a, a kind of computer graphic uh, image this is what i'm hearing so far uh, and it just carries on the ship just keeps dragging it, it, it drags and drags and it'll go on for four months it's gone on for five months in kzn so the, the questions i have in my mind are well okay so this is not these guys are not making maps they're on a hunt they want to search for that cash. They want to search for that oil. So I'm, I feel like when they get to a place, what are they going to just drive past it and just, you know, oh, there's something. They're going to go there and keep going. They, they, they're searching. And the effect on marine life, all secondary as far as they're concerned. Well, you know, this is where it gets interesting. So we have uh, Dr. Mandy Ace in my page today has dug up the original um, authorization and found some rather astounding um, information from a scientist who was, which was part of this, the, the, uh, the original authorization. And uh, I'll read it to you. It says that uh, says she's quoting the 2013 Environmental Management Program. I love the way that this environmental management, there's no question of environmental research or environmental impact. It's all about managing, which immediately the language kind of gets me a little bit concerned uh, that it's like we're not really digging below the surface. We're just like going to manage stuff. Anyway, it states here that it lists 28 to 38 um, cetacean species, these are all the whales and dolphins, in both ER areas, not just ours here on the wild coast, but um, down in the PE area, Tobacco area as well. So, uh, And it says that uh, it recognizes the potential impact of sizing pulses on whales and dolphins, and here's the quote, could include physiological injury, behavioral avoidance of seismic survey areas, masking of environmental sounds, and communication and indirect impacts due to effects on prey. If you sit and work your way through that, that quote alone, there's so many questions that, that, that we can 
we should be asking about what's the real impact. Now, that's their own uh, survey. What about what the rest of the world is saying? Other science, uh, scientific uh, investigations and so on. And the, and the, the, the record is, is building that it's not good. Whales do die. Uh, I think in Bahamas there was something like um, uh, 17 whales and dolphins stranded, and then there it was pretty pretty uh, clear. And the U.S. scientists found that uh, there was acoustic trauma, and that uh, was related to multiple mil- military sonars, which had been operating up to 235 decibels. So there is evidence out there. Am I correct in saying that some of this blasting is actually going to take place during whale migration season as well? Definitely. You know, and, 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 and the problem we have is that there's no response from the people who are going to be searching for the oil and the government. They're not going to tell us this, but, but scientists and are saying this definitely, such as Kevin Cole, it's definitely going to impact. And also, we've got uh, local um, tourism operators, uh, I think it's uh, Southern Cruises, they're saying there's no more whales anymore. So what's been going on? We do know that I think from, um, from, from Morgan Bay, I spoke to Richard Warren Smith of the Morgan Bay Hotel, he said that when they saw the first ship, they've been here already. And a 2D uh, survey was done. This is all part of the, the, the reports as well. He said the whales and everything just disappeared. And he said that ship came in close. It was so close to um, the, 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 uh, the point out at Carmouth that the, he called John Ross to say, like, geez, what's going on? And Ross said, no, it's just a, you know, it's a survey ship. Well, it's time that we kind of went beyond these ideas of just a survey and see it for what it is. Couldn't agree more, particularly in the wake of global leaders meeting in Glasgow for COP26 recently. You know, I think that's one of the, if you, you want to know why people are getting so wound up uh, in, in our part of the world and why East London and the Wild Coast, Buffalo City, since all these people are, are, are coming out now and, and saying no, it's this context. They know that Shell is, is just trying to squeeze the last drop. Uh, they know that Shell is in an internal battle to, to go more towards renewable energy. And then there's obviously this faction that is hanging on to the, to the oil and wants to keep on going because the money's good. Uh, and the life's good. And, uh, you know, that's really what people understand. Of course, the bigger picture is that, well, we can only go so far and then there's no more resources. There's no more air, land and water that's, you know, that we can use like we used to uh, or live with. So there's this whole shift in public consciousness towards what are we going to do about this? This is a serious crisis of existence. We're speaking with Mike Lowe. He's been following the story of Shell's proposed seismic exploration for search of gas or oil deposits in the Wild Coast. He'll continue to do so. It's the lead story in today's Daily Dispatch. Wave of fury rises against ocean blasting. More than 100,000 people so far signed the petition opposing shell exploration in the Eastern Cape. And Mike, in a little while, we're going to be catching up with Janet Solomon, the lady who initiated that petition. Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Darren. All marine life on the wild coast will come under devastating assault from the seismic air guns of the Shell Oil Company from the 1st of December, scientists, environmentalists, activists and recreationalists warned this week. Views on the five-month dragging up and down of up to 48 air guns firing 220-decibel sonic blasts into the ocean every 10 seconds ranged from the raw rage of anglers and surfers to a measured long-term critique by Durban-based Oceans Not Oil leader and filmmaker Janet Solomons. She joins us now on the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann. Janet, thank you for your time. This sounds all horrific. What are your thoughts? Well, I've been thinking it's been horrific for a long time, since 2016, when we had a seismic survey off our coast. 
and um, three whales washed up on separate beaches within a week. Um, and I went to investigate and I took my camera. And the more I found out, the more horrified I was, and hence my making that movie um, Becoming Visible. But since then, of course, it's, it's rallied a whole lot of support, um, the length and breadth of the, of the coastline, because we love our seas. You know, our seas are, are sacred to many South Africans. Um, a lot of people, all of us, I think all of us go to the sea in times of trouble. We visit that sea to find peace. Um, there is a deep ancient connection to, to our waters and, um, you know, 116,000 South Africans this morning have said no with our petition. So, and it's, you know, the, the counter is just not stopping with this. So it has touched a nerve. Um, I, you know, I think it's time with climate change um, and global warming that we urgently reconsider where we're going with our energy um, and um, offshore oil and gas is certainly not going to be um, the, the real option here. You know, it's going to take 10 to 15 years before that gas um, reaches shore. We in South Africa do not have the gas infrastructure to deal with it. That still needs to be built. So that's another, you know, 15 to 20 years. Um, we don't have um, the, the actual infrastructure to and power stations to, to perform with this gas. We are light years away from getting gas um, as any real energy um, supply for South Africa. And we have renewable energy suppliers lined up, hands in the air saying, take me, take me, take me. So, you know, there's a lack of logic throughout all of this. Sure. Um, yeah, so th those are our concerns. And I mean, I'm sure we'll get into all the, all the issues with, with what these air guns do. You've initiated an online petition you referred to where folk can register their disgust at the move. Around 116,000 so far. How do people add to that number? Ah, they can go. It's trending on change.org. Um, so you can look at Shell Oil off our coast, um, uh, change.org, and you'll find it there. It's ticking over nicely. Either that or you can go to our oceansnotoil.org website. You can go to the blog pages there. They will direct you. All of our social media, Facebook, etc., will direct you to the petition. So, um, yeah. And it's not just the petition, Darren. We, we're wanting people to also make comment. They can register as interested and affected parties. We have a secondary seismic survey was also announced in the same week that, that the Shell one was. The Shell one is, is, in a sense, the public participation window has closed, but um, that window existed in 2014. Um, and really what Oceans Not Oil is saying is, is that's ridiculous. The world has moved on in terms of fossil fuels. Um, you can't expect an environmental assessment, um, but it was just an EMPR. It wasn't an, an EIA. Um, you can't expect those environmental assessments to still hold water, you know, six years on. Mm. Um, so because the oceans are changing, um, we all know the dynamics of, of our oceans are changing. So 
that all needs to be reassessed, especially in the light of climate change. Where will this petition go to in the end? Who is it directed at and will it have any effect? So the petition, we've got a kind of multi-barrel approach here. There's a, there's a legal approach, which is, um, is happening anyway, which is where previous stakeholders in the, in the first um, EMPR are, are now um, have now written off to both ministers, both the Minister of, of Minerals and the Minister of, of Environment, um, and to Petroleum Agency South Africa, which who's mandated to, to um, uh, review these applications, and also mandated to promote oil and gas on our coastline. So um, the... There's a legal branch there. We will also be writing off letters as well to to ministers from the um, civil society angle as well. Um, So they're they're getting a kind of bombardment from both sides. And, you know, I think it it, it really is time for us to reconsider this. Um, You know, government keeps talking about a just transition, a just transition to, to move coal jobs into alternate energies. But... Gas is not an alternate energy. You're just moving people into into a job that's going to strand in 10 or 15 years' time. So it's deeply concerning that 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 gas is is offered as an option for a, for a just tra- transition. You know the the jobs in 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 gas are not going to compare to renewables once renewables get up and are allowed and the political will allows for renewables to take their place um you know socially owned renewables too will get many many hands busy um and will allow for that just transition um so yeah it's a no-brainer um for me uh with regard to to moving away from oil and gas you know the science is already there to say we can't we can't burn what we've got we can't now be affording to take more the seabed it is a terrible invasion of the marine environment. Give us an idea of what's likely to happen to sea life. Okay, yeah. Um, so we as humans live in a visual world, most of us, um, and animals in, and life in the sea revolves around sound because, of course, the, sea is, the visibility in the sea is not always good and the depth of the sea means that light doesn't always penetrate it. So... Everything from communication, reproduction, navigation, eating habits, the entire survival of marine life from whales, dolphins, turtles, fish, shellfish, and even tiny plankton relies on sound. You know, plankton and, and larval life and egg life apparently gets direct, you know, science has shown us it, it follows the sound of clicking coral. So um, now you're putting in Every 10 seconds, you've got these blasts, these enormous blasts. So by comparison, humans are expected to leave a zone when there's 180 decibels. Um, That is no longer safe. Here we've got blasts from 220 to 240 decibels. We're talking the equivalent of a space shuttle takeoff. And those are for, that sound um, is coming from air guns, which are designed to produce ca- a cavitating sound and pressure wave, which then penetrates kilometers of sea depth 
and then is designed to penetrate about 40 kilometers of seabed. So it's an, an enormously forceful wave that mm. is produced every 10 seconds. Um, and these waves are, are capable of producing lethal and sublethal injury, hearing loss, either temporary or permanent. Um, and then, of course, we've got all this interference and communication and psychological stress sure. and organ rupture, behavioral responses. We've got migration. These surveys are going to be happening in, in our migration channel um, at the end of whale migration season. But we must remember that we also have resident whales, beautiful deep diving pilot whales and beaked whales that live on that continental shelf. Um, and they'll be um, potentially uh, really, really affected by the sound. Um, and then we've uh, also during this time, we're going to have scalloped hammerhead migrations. And of deep concern is our turtle population. So our turtles will be, will be um, nesting and we'll have baby turtles coming out during this, during this season and in the water, in the uh, gallus current during the season. And they certainly can't get away from soccer fields and soccer fields of air gun arrays being towed sure, behind. Sure. Jane, if I might ask, on your petition that you're running so far, has there been international response or is it just mainly South African? No, we get, I'm getting a lot. I'm fielding a lot of press from from um, all over the world. I'm, I'm noticing that the signatures are definitely South African names. Um, so we're getting a broad variety of South African names popping up every every couple of seconds. Um, but uh, the the media attention is definitely um, international uh, as well. Um, obviously, people are focused on Shell. Shell's been doing this green, greenwashing job of talking about um, uh, cleaning up its game in the future. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's coincidental that this happened, this, these announcement, announcements happened straight after uh, COP26 closed its doors. We have just been sharing with our listeners that during the course of the past few hours, it's not just the environmentalists, but civil society worldwide and celebrities who've come out in opposition. Lewis Pugh and his organisation are opposing. Yes. And during the course of the past few minutes, we've just spoken with Jack Atlantic and Dale Schnettler from Prime Circle. There'll be many others who'll be coming out, I'm sure, during the course of the next few days. Thank you for the movie. Thank you for the petition. Thank you for the great support. And let's hope we can stop this. Thank you very much. Janet Solomon from Oceans Not Oil. Thank you for the opportunity. So, as we mentioned earlier here on the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann, passionate opposition is gathering from not just environmentalists, but civil society and celebrities as well to seismic blasting in search of gas or oil deposits in the wild coast by multinational corporation Shell and its partners. During the course of just the past few minutes, we've heard that Lewis Pugh and his organisation strongly opposes the move. We've managed to reach out to a few celebrities who hail from the Eastern Cape as well. We've got Jack Atlantic on the line. Jack, good morning. Your thoughts? Morning, Darren. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's a terrible thing, and I also stand absolutely stand against it to hell with Shell. And uh, it's a, just a sad thing that this is happening in this day and age. And um, yeah, I'm, I strongly oppose it. Hopefully you'll pass that message on to your fellow musicians as well. I know we're going to be catching up with Dale Schnettler, who uh, together with you is in a band called Fear of Flying, but folk might know him better from Prime Circle. Thanks for your support. Absolutely, and I, anything I can do from our side, we'll try and uh, really gather us a lot of support from the music industry as well. Jack Atlantic, many thanks. Have a good day. Thanks, Darren. Cheers.
So as we said, the wave of fury rises against ocean blasting in the wild coast by Shell and its partners. It's gone beyond just the environmentalists and civil society. We have celebrities coming out in opposition now. Lewis Pugh, we spoke to East London musician Jack Atlantic just a few minutes ago. And now on the line, we've got Dale Schnettler, who's probably best known for his work with legendary essay band Prime Circle. Hi, Dale. Yes, hi, Dale. We're worried about what's going on in these parts, man. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, it, 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 it is crazy, and I, I do agree with a lot of people, and, you know, I see there's 90,000 people against it that have already signed up for it, but, um, yeah, and I suppose I'm one of those. I mean, it's, like you said, it's killing our environment. It's bad for, for, the, for the system, you know. It's just ruining everything, and for them, it's just a money-making uh, way of making money, <laughs> you know. Well, Dale, we thank you for your support. If you'll make sure the rest of the Musos get the message as well, it's something we really don't want happening. It's going to affect marine life for thousands of kilometres. Definitely, I agree on that one. It's, it's a bad thing. It's a really bad thing. That was the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann.